a podcast run by Gen Z for Gen Z. We aim to remove the filters that mask the real issues in our lives and hold honest conversations about mental health and other issues teens face. Follow our Instagram, G-U-G-Z Podcast, to stay updated. We hope you enjoy our episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Growing Up with Gen Z, and today we'll be talking about toxic masculinity. We have a special guest with us today. His name is Andy Sun. He also goes to Tenafi High School. Andy, do you want to say hi to everyone? And we'll start with a definition at first. So toxic masculinity, it's a societal and cultural pressure that has men to believe in a masculine fashion. So what are some common misconceptions you guys think? I guess I could say that one misconception among, like, I would say mainly guys is that there is no such thing as toxic masculinity. I think that some people just dismiss it as, like, nonsense sometimes. And that's not good for trying to combat toxic masculinity, but I think that that's one of the common misconceptions that it just flat out doesn't exist. Yeah, I also think some guys get pretty aggressive or just defensive when we bring up toxic masculinity because they think what we mean by saying toxic masculinity is like all men are born toxic and all men are toxic, but toxic masculinity is not meaning that all men are born toxic. It's like this societal and pressure that has instilled like these unrealistic standards upon men and I think I'm really glad that you guys are able to talk about this without like being defensive because I think it's a really important thing to talk about. But yeah, as men, we're supposed to suppress our emotions. And like we said, that men shouldn't cry or men don't cry. And that's something that I've definitely been living with well, my whole life, basically. Ever since I was basically a kid, my dad always told me, hey, men don't cry. But like I'm a kid, if I get hurt, right? My dad would tell me, no, men don't cry. Just, like, suck it up. And even nowadays, um, like, that definitely is still impacting me. I remember at my grandfather's funeral a couple months ago, um, everyone was crying. But the thing I kept telling myself was men don't cry. So I didn't cry until after the funeral when it was only me and my grandpa in the same room. Even when we were, like, lowering him, like, I still didn't cry then just because... I just felt like I was going to be weaker if I didn't cry, or if I did cry, rather. And, yeah, even now, the only time that I cried over my grandfather was that time after the funeral and just a couple days when I was by myself in my room. Like, obviously, that had a horrible effect on me because I wasn't able to grieve, I don't know, properly. Not that there's, like, a proper way to grieve, but the entire time I couldn't really relieve myself almost of this of that burden yeah i i fully agree with andy it almost feels like sometimes it almost feels like a like a like a a thousand pound weight is on your shoulders having to carry around this expectation that you're never allowed to cry or even show any sort of emotion that is perceived as like weak or vulnerable and i think for me i'm uh, i would say i'm not like as extreme as Andy, where his dad told him not to cry. I think my parents kind of had this instilled mentality in me where I was supposed to be strong or act differently because I was a guy. And I think that at first I was like, it didn't really matter to me because obviously when you're five years old, that's like the least of your concerns. But I think when I was trying to find myself, and when I was trying, I was starting to have really, really down days and I was just starting to spiral down this pit of like self hate almost and pessimism i think that that's when i started struggling with this idea of being vulnerable 
and crying. I think like the first couple times I cried, I almost felt disgusted because I felt like that's not what like guys are supposed to do. But I think that I realized it was just society's like instillment of these values that almost hold no value. I think it's like the name, it's incredibly toxic to continue these behaviors. I think that crying is necessary. Those who those who don't cry might have other ways of relieving their pain, but I think crying is a cathartic way of being able to relieve yourself and to get rid of those terrible emotions. So I think it is necessary. But and everything that Andy said is very true and it's very honest. That's honestly really horrible. Thank you for sharing, Andy. But it honestly can lead to detrimental like mental health effects, especially because if you're told not to cry. Does that actually happen, Andy? Did your dad actually say that? Because Oh, 100%. I, yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Men don't cry. Don't cry. I, I honestly did not know that. And I did not know that like, that actually was a phrase that was used a lot because it's honestly pretty toxic if you think about it because men will be just like less likely to seek help and they may naturally like internalize the way emotions are dismissed and that's why like it can result in more aggressive behaviors they can be linked to more violence and aggression and they're also more likely to commit suicide because there's some statistics in 2019 men were 3.63 times more likely to die by suicide and that's just a really big gravitational like pull on like how severe this might actually be so what do you guys think about that statistics Kayla or Emanuela so um before speaking on the statistics since I'm a girl obviously I haven't experienced those same things but I do have two brothers and so for my younger brother uh he's only 10 so I think like I don't really see my brothers cry but the last time um I saw my brother cry was a few months ago and it was at the dinner table, and I remember him, like, trying to suppress his tears so that no one would notice. And now that I think about it, I'm not really sure if that's, like, a result of, I guess, the pressure or being told that you're not allowed to cry, so trying to suppress them. And um, the way, like, my dad or my older brother would try to comfort him is, like, man up, like, you have to be tougher. And I think those kinds of comfort words are actually kind of detrimental because... Like, what are you implying? You know, saying, like, man up because you're crying kind of implies that you're not really, like, a man or, I guess, strong, if that's a synonym for man in that sentence, by crying. And I feel like that could also, like, lead to detrimental things because, like, my brother's only 10 and I don't know, like, how that would affect him later on in his life. So I really, like, would wish to support him and, like, try to get rid of those toxic statements in our household yeah I don't really have like any experiences with my own brother but I have had experiences with my friends as well like some of my guy friends like whenever we just talk through texts and stuff like that like I would they would talk about how like they're feeling kind of like if they're feeling kind of a little bit depressed and stuff like that they would literally text me about it but then like oddly sometimes in school like I would see them behave an entire different way and I would be like asking them like hey are you okay and then they would be like what like I don't know what you're talking about and that type of thing and I think like a big a big part of that is also like toxic masculinity about how you can't really um, show your emotions and stuff and I think that's just really sad and I don't know like exactly how that affects them on their day-to-day life considering I'm just there like just texting them and like I don't know any other portion of their lives and I think it's really sad that they can't you know express their emotions in school and stuff like that 
Yeah, I, I think that definitely ties into a trait of toxic masculinity, which is the like suppression of like having any sort of vulnerability and also having this facade, like this public facade of toughness. I think that it's present in a lot of guys I know. I think that some guys I know are incredibly tough in general, but some of them do have like facades and they do act different over text versus in person. And I think that it, it definitely does stem down to public perception and how how you're a fear that how others will perceive you. I think that even though we all might have insecurities about how other people might see us, I think for guys, it it's different as to what we want people to see us as. I think for some people, they want to be seen as pretty by other people. Other people, they might want to be seen as athletic. For guys, I think it's just being seen as like this alpha personality. And and if you want to touch upon like the alpha beta complex, I think you know a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, <laughs> bro. Yeah, the alpha beta complex, as we put it, is as is just what it sound or what it sounds like. Yeah, it's just this hierarchy chain where you have to be uh, higher in power than your your peers through being tough, quote unquote, being stronger, like all the traits that we we just talked about, being able to suppress your emotions. Like depending on how well you can do that, you're higher on that on that scale, sort of. And doing other activities such as like man, working out, being outdoorsy and other violent sports, like you're higher on that list. And like speaking of those those specific activities in particular, I wanna say that actually doing that doing them for the sake of being more alpha is obviously toxic, but doing them in order to express your emotions. I know that other guys, like including me, work out and do all these things so that they can express their emotions because they're not allowed to in other ways because it's considered weak. That side is good. Being able to, yeah, I keep saying express your emotions is great and they can only do that through working out and being outdoorsy. So that in that sense, it's fine. but. We always have to be wary of how those people that do those activities, like why those people do those activities. Like, are they doing it to be more alpha or are they doing it to to live in sanity? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you raise a really good point because some people can see working out as like the crooks of, you know, toxic masculinity. But honestly, you raise a good point where it's saying like it's a way of catharsis for you and some guys to just express those emotions that you were told to suppress to feel. And going back on the alpha beta complex, I definitely agree with like what Emanuela says. Sometimes like when you're texting a guy versus like how you see them in person, especially in front of their friends, they, I feel like they put up a really big facade of like everything's okay. We just have to act tough. And then they can only be vulnerable like over text or over just like private conversations because there's also this like not gang behavior but like just the power of like people around you and I think when they are around other people they exhibit like the three core behaviors that could be like toughness emotionally stone cold and callous just physically strong and behaviorally aggressive and then anti-femininity denying like all feminine traits such as being like caring and emotional and power the only way to gain respect from others is to be like the top of everything and work towards gaining power and especially towards like anti-femininity i think that's really sad because it 
it can be like singing and dancing theater and honestly like a lot of guys who I'm so I love doing theater I've been doing theater for a while in my school and a lot of the guys who have done it with me there's honestly not a lot of guys and they usually can be seen as more honestly like gay and I think that's just such like a bad label to put it because obviously some are but honestly like that's not a way that we should perceive guys who do theater and honestly there's a lot of guys who aren't gay and that just like not only diminishes like what they are interested in but especially if they like to sing and they love to dance but they can't express that then it just is more like detrimental on them yeah i could definitely give like a personal experience on what karen's just touching upon i remember that in middle school i wanted to try out for the play and musical but I had always heard from, like, I was in, like, a really toxic friend group. I know I mentioned it in previous episodes where they were, like, incredibly toxic. Just toxic in general. It wasn't even, I can't even call it toxic masculinity because it was beyond toxic masculinity. And all the time they would make jokes about me being gay because I liked singing and I liked doing different things. I liked acting. I liked listening to different music because they all listened to rap and I listened to old 60s music. And they used to called me a bunch of names. They were just very petty. And I think that that kind of instilled this terrible mentality, which I still hold to this day, even though I do feel a lot more open about my interests and just about who I am. I'm confident enough where I don't have to deal with other people calling me names. I think that it definitely does exist, especially among people who do those activities that Kara's mentioned. I know that there's this huge stigma around theater. It's not even... it, it like. Being called gay is definitely a part of it, but it's also just being perceived as less masculine is definitely the another big part of it. I think that the guys that I know are honestly some of the best guys I've met in my entire life, and I think it's definitely just just insecurity among guys who say stuff like that, and it definitely does exist. It's a big problem. I think adding on to that, I don't know if this is kind of like trying to, I'm not trying to like dismiss anybody who's suffering or like struggling with like emotional like suppression and stuff, but as a person, like as a girl who's like uh, generally not as like sensitive per se or like emotionally like um, vulnerable with a lot of people, I think that also like this idea of uh, like the alpha beta complex where like kind of males have to have have to put on this like face of being like masculine and like tough and everything this also uh creates a perception that women also have to be kind of vulnerable and more submissive and i'm not in any way in that that kind of person i think i'm much more of like a dominant person i my like i one of my interests are like also like working out and stuff like that and so like where does this put me on a pedestal like where, where does this put me like do i just like am i just not feminine enough then like am I not in that kind of favorable type of like you know yeah I don't really know if I'm yeah I don't know if I'm saying it right yeah I really really like the point that you bring up because especially for me I just want to say that I've never obviously experienced toxic masculinity and I grew up in a household where just my mom and I so I definitely don't have any brothers or anything but it has definitely been through my other guy friends I think there is that just like okay there's also with this alpha beta complex is also this like pressure for guys to date and for like those who date to pretend to be seem like cooler and they kind of use it as just like a kind of a I'm cool because I dated so just like you have to listen to me that that brings me higher on that hierarchy and I've definitely experienced some times where I think I have been used just to be 
like a name that's saying like, oh, I have dated someone. And I think that does like have some effect on you because they're not actually, they don't want to date you for you, but they just kind of want that name and label. And I think also with what you brought up, I think I am more emotional and I am more emotionally sensitive and more like vulnerable with others. But I think I do agree that toxic masculinity also enforces more femininity in girls. And what does that bring for girls who want to work out and girls who want to do this? Also for like gaming, there's so much toxic like attitude about girls who game because some guys just like, they don't think that girls can. And I think, you know, that, that just like, culture of constantly bringing down girls who want to do family things like I mean personally I love to do outdoors stuff also like I love going on hikes and I just love being outside also and paintballing like that could be seen as a male thing to do but I love doing that and what does that bring for others who like they honestly like just put down girls who like play sports or play video games because it's in their culture to you know just play it and use it as something to like boost their hierarchy yeah, so um, in terms of, like, relationships, I feel like uh, when, like, toxic masculinity is what creates the relationship or is what pushes most times, I mean, like, a man to ask someone out, let's say it's a girl, um, I think, like, in those cases, in some cases, in those relationships, the man tries to, like, be on a higher level, I guess, in the relationship, like, trying to assert dom- dominance. And I'm not saying you can't be the dominant one, but trying to, like, constantly assert dominance and, I guess, be the alpha. Because uh, I definitely believe that in relationships, both parties should be equal and one shouldn't be higher than another. And um, going back to what Karis and Emanuela says, said, for me, I think I kind of lie in the middle. Um, and actually, like, when I was younger, my dad also told me, like, you can't cry, like, you're not allowed to cry because... Like, you should, if you want to be treated like an adult, then you have to act like one. So, for me, um, I was also told not to cry, but that wasn't because of my gender or my, like, sex, which is why I can't, like, relate in the same way. But I feel like in my household, the toxic masculinity is definitely enforced. And, like, there are certain things, like, being emotional, when I'm emotional, my dad's, like, or my parents are... I guess they're saying it like I'm emotional because of my gender, like because of my sex, you know, because I'm a girl. And I think like that stigma is also harmful in a way because it it kind of demeans your emotions. Yeah, because I honestly think being emotional is being powerful and being allowed to, you know, just accept yourself and everything that comes with you, all the brokenness and all the happiness and all the good times and all the bad. I think a really important part of that is just, you know, recognizing your emotions and learning how to deal with them properly. And I especially have felt some experiences where guys have like put down my emotions, but in a way I feel like that only makes me stronger and I feel just like horrible that guys and some girls like aren't allowed to feel that way i think that one of the main things like you said is like acting a different way in person versus like over text especially two girls i think that i'm guilty of this i think that in the past i've kind of been i've kind of like been really flippant about the way i interact with girls in person i think that i kind of act i used to act one way over text and then i act like a completely different person and i think that that's definitely not the right way to do it because it makes you seem two-faced and it doesn't help when when you want people to trust you but i think now i've kind of like 
adjusted to this place where I, I, I like to think of this like almost analogy or this image where there's like a fire in front of you. And if you like put your hand out a little bit, then you have warmth and you're warm and you're comfortable. But if you stretch your hand too much, then you end up getting burned. I think that that's kind of the way that guys should do it, not just have their hands behind their back and just never interact or never get emotional or never get vulnerable. Because I do believe there's incredible value in having those kinds of talks with both guys and girls. But when it comes to sexism, it's it's the list is super duper long. I'm sure Andy can add on after me, but there's been objectification. There's been pressure to date, like you said. There's been this harassment positive culture. Even if it's not explicitly stated, there's this pressure to kind of be the dominant one in a relationship. And that ultimately leads to treating women as less than men a lot of the time, which of course leads to misogyny. It's just a complete just cluster of these horrible things that happen as a result of toxic masculinity. I think also Andy brought this up briefly in the beginning, but it does lead. I don't only want to talk about this really lightly or just really briefly, but um, it leads to like ignorance of sexual harassment or rape. I feel like some guys, especially some from of my friends and I, have faced experiences because of this, and I think guys sometimes think it's okay to you know not sexually harass but just kind of like harass girls in general and kind of use that as like an ego booster oh like I can do this and I think that leads to a really toxic like cycle because some guys can also are more obviously like they can lead to more rape and they can also be kind of ignorant or just like ignoring of that fact that it does lead to that so I don't really want to expand more upon this because it's a pretty heavy topic but I know some girls and I especially felt like like catcalling or the typical you know really aggressive guy behaviors that are done towards girls can be especially I think it is basically a factor of toxic masculinity and um I think in terms of like catcalling I feel like some guys just like genuinely don't understand because I know some people who were initially like well it's just like they're just complimenting you so like why are you opposing it and I think if they're not if they haven't been in that position or if they're um or, or if they grew up not really like hearing compliments so the whole idea of like getting complimented is appealing to them then I feel like it would be hard to understand how like uncomfortable it is to be in that position especially if like the perpetrators are are very very old and people that you don't know and people who you'll probably never see again but in that moment it's just very scary yeah because catcalling can honestly just be like unwanted sexual harassment because they're just like unwanted like flirtatious comments that are aimed towards girls and I know a lot of girls who have been really affected by this and I think it does usually happen when guys are in a group and this sort of like gang behavior and this alpha beta complex that kind of encourages them to do that especially in the society and honestly, going back, going really back to like how Andy's and Kayla's dad told them like, you can't cry because you're a man. It's honestly not even their fault for saying that because it just, society has put us in this endless cycle of they have probably been told the same thing by their dads and it's just going to keep on going if we don't do anything to change this. So if you guys don't have anything more to say about like the examples of toxic masculinity, we can move on to like how to fight it. Well, I will say, like, they encourage being, encouraging softness, emotions, vulnerability, kindness, cooperation, uh, interdependence. Like, just in every encouraging 
guys saying like it's okay to be able to cry it's okay to be able to express your emotions it definitely helped me a lot and it's like that's like honestly the only way that i was able to fight off sort of those examples of toxic masculinity that we talked about obviously i'm still i feel like every guy will or is still is always going to be able to is always having this battle sort of but the ability to know that you're able to uh be vulnerable is is that's like that's everything right there i think in order to fight toxic masculinity i think the most important thing and the most crucial thing is speaking out and i think it needs to start among the guys i think that i feel like girls have been saying this for like the last 10 years and like too many guys have just ignored it or just like not paid attention to it or just like kind of belittled it almost i think that you will i feel like the i don't know i don't know if this is an actual quote but it's a quote that i find really true about society is that we tend to only listen to the people we really respect i think that in guy groups with like the whole alpha beta complex we need like a lot more of the leaders and alphas of friend groups speaking out about this because i feel like only then will people truly listen because unfortunately we live in a society where people tend to only respect those who they perceive as strong or alpha and definitely just having open conversations. I think that a lot of guys need to just start talking to other guys about stuff that isn't so superficial, such as like talking about girls or talking about like sports or talking about like, I don't know, stuff that guys talk about. I think that there, there needs to be like this increase in having deep and meaningful conversations with other guys because only then will you really feel like your shell is opening up and you're able to start becoming vulnerable and hopefully becoming a more emotional and more well-rounded person because you have these, this kind of mix of both the strong will personality, but also having this soft and vulnerable side that you can share with others. I was thinking about that because there's a really big disparity between what guys talk about and what girls talk about. And I think one of the hallmarks of my friendships or my really deep, meaningful friendships is just having really vulnerable and open conversations with my girlfriends. I think especially when we talk about, we honestly talk about like the deepest things sometimes. And those are the conversations I remember and value the most. But like, what are even what do guys talk about? Are you guys able to be like open with one another or... Uh, like the last time I remember being vulnerable with the guy was just like it's only in either one-on-ones or if it was in a group discussion like at 2 a.m in the morning when we're all tired and forgetting that what we'll like and when we're going crazy basically so yeah like I said only the only times that we do it intentionally are during those one-on-ones which is not bad but it's like it's better if you have it in a group but most of the time like at least with my guy friends, we, we just act like monkeys, right? Like, we don't talk about, I, I, at least for our guy group, I feel like we don't, I don't even know if this is okay to say, like, sexually objectify, like, girls, and we don't, we don't talk about that, because it's kind of, kind of weird. But mostly what we talk about is just, yeah, video games, basketball, right, what else do we talk about? I don't know. I don't even remember. That's that just kind of shows like how meaningless our conversations are. Like in general, with like the guys, I think you've touched upon like two of the main ones. We talk a lot about like video games. I know a lot of the guys are into League. I'm more of a Minecraft guy myself. But we also talk about like sports. And like you said, it's good that our guy group is like not objectifying women. It's kind of sad that I have to even say that because that should kind of be the expected norm. But unfortunately, it isn't. 
but yeah. Andy, uh, uh, I, I definitely um, also agree with what you said about like only being able to be vulnerable with the guys on one-on-ones. I find that like the guys I'm closest to have been the people I've talked to one-on-one. And some guys I might not feel as close with because we're always together in like group settings and we never have a chance to really connect or click. So this goes back to kind of like what Kara says, but I think like now that I think about it, um, whenever like I was in a time where I was either like really sad or really emotional, there was always like one of my friends that I could always talk about, like always talk to. And I would never had like that fear of being judged or like, oh, like, does she think that I'm being like weak or like, I've never thought thought of it like that. And I've never had those thoughts. And that in itself is such a privilege that I've never really like wrap my head around or even thought about i think i can add on to like what brian said i think about listening uh and i think like what what we tend to do is also like uphold those people who kind of fit the checklist of being like masculine per se like i don't know if this is this is good to generalize to every like high school setting but personally in my high school like it's always those who are like playing basketball playing soccer um doesn't really get good grades but are athletic that are kind of like those considered i guess popular and those who are like kind of good looking in that sense um and i think um a part of it also comes from me I've definitely been guilty of this. I've been, I've definitely been one of those persons, one of those people who have been like, oh, that guy's kind of weird. You know, he doesn't, he's not really like, he doesn't interact with these kind of um, acts like of like being, playing basketball and like being athletic and stuff like that. And I think we also like all together, we also kind of have to change our perceptions and just stop glorifying this ideal checklist of what a man is. Yeah, I think the conversations between guys and girls, like, they really matter because especially vulnerability is just such an important thing to have in a friendship. And yeah, like Kayla said, it's really a privilege that I'm able to just be so emotional and open with my friends without judgment. And I think just the fact that we're able to have this over, like, open conversation with Ryan and Andy about toxic masculinity shows that it can be slowly going towards the right direction so that, like, ages from now ryan or andy like they don't have to tell their son that you know don't cry like that's not a manly thing to do and i think the more we talk about it and the more we educate ourselves on the common signs and just like hold each other accountable for different attitudes can really really just like alter and change our society and i had this song like replaying in my head ever since we started but <laughs> be a man from mulan i don't know why that song is well i know why that song is stuck in my head but whenever i think of like what does it mean to be a man that song just like rings out in my head because i love Mulan so much <laughs> I think I recently just watched like the live action of it and then I watched the the original Disney one and then I watched the live one action again and I like wrote reviews on it but honestly it just really empowered me because Mulan is just an icon you know she just like defeated the societal norms but the fact that like you know she had to dress up as a man you know to fight in the army and just like really protect and save her dad and all these qualities that she exhibited like bravery and strength that were usually perceived on men it just proves that like women can have that also and I think it's really important to know that you know in the song in like the movie they sing like be a man but you see like a girl like just like beating all the men in you know the fighting and I think that's just like a really powerful thing to remember I think the definition of, of man can definitely change over time into the society and I think 
it can be cultivated individually, but it's honestly something that each guy and man should determine for themselves. And it should be a question that's constantly pursued throughout life, not something that's just remains stagnant because of cultural like expectations and societal norms. So I think bringing up that topic can is a pretty good segue into asking the question, what does it mean to be a man? Yeah, what does it be, mean to be a man? To be honest, I, I got no clue. Because for so long, what it meant to be a man was to be tough, was to be emotionally cold. Like, now, as it's being more accepted that we can be emotional and not as tough, the definition is changing and there's no like solid there's no solid words that we can put to defining what it means to be a man that's a really tough question but i'll try to answer it and then if anyone wants to build off of what i'm saying or wants to say like something that i might have or something you might disagree with but for me i try to live my life as a quote-unquote godly man being someone who obviously is christian i think that it's kind of weird how the people who are like instilling toxic masculinity a lot of the time are christians and like might be more religious than other people because if you read about like what the bible says obviously i don't want to make this like a sermon but you kind of have to be like someone who's not always being at the top i remember like there's a parable about jesus washing the disciples feet. i mean you kind of have to be this person who is transparent and who when others look at you they don't look at you as some like idol or some sort of like deity i think the people who I respect and love the most are the people who I feel is right next to me and who I can just give a hug to at any second. I think that's what makes a man, and that's what makes a, a great man, in my opinion. I think it's not so sort of instilled social values. I think it's more just being someone who others can look at and just be in awe of and who people strive to be. Someone who's willing to be emotional, someone who's willing to talk to others who no one talks to. I think it's just being i don't know how to really put it but i guess just being more loving in general i guess continuing off of ryan then the aspect of humility is very is very important in order to whatchamacallit to overcome those traits because you know referencing (laughs) so almost everything from toxic being toxically masculine stems from a lot of pride and there's an Avatar quote by Uncle Arrow. I'm sorry if I butchered it. Yes! <laughs> Wait, do, you, do you want to say that? I don't, I don't want to... Uh, the one Arrow said that you... About humility... Humility being the only antidote to... to oh, oh, do you mean pride is not pride, the Pride, pride is... Yeah, yeah. But it's the source. Okay, so Andy and I are, like, obsessed with Avatar, and there's this Uncle Ira quote that says, Pride is not the opposite of shame, but its source, true humility, is the only antidote to shame. Boom, right there. Thus, being humble is the definition, I feel like. To, like, wrap every... Like, in simple terms, being humble is what it means to be a man. Yeah, also, I remember this in Avatar, but, you know, there's Zuko's character redemption back, but I think there's also Sokka's, like, misogynist. Um, misogynistic one because I feel like especially in the beginning he believed that girl couldn't like girls couldn't fight and over time like seeing all these powerful women like Toph and Katara you know his sister just like you know beating some fire nation but I think that over time his views and perceptions gained and I obviously don't want to say too much on like what it means to be a man because I think that should be something that guys determine for themselves I think it can also be just I feel like girls also say like the bar is really low it's like 
through the ground because we're like guys who respect women that's so good but honestly this is being a guy who respects women yeah I think that's really admirable because sometimes that doesn't really happen a lot and I think yeah as people who are always growing and changing I think guys should especially just take that definition to heart and not you know accept the instilled societal changes that are put upon them by this toxic masculinity but they should really just spend their life and journey I don't think it's something that's fixed or something they can determine like in a day but I think it's something that over time the definition of what it means to be a man grows for them and it can mean anything but I think it is anything that diverges away from like what the typical toxic masculinity puts on them I really don't have like too much to add because everything that um everything was really said I just hope that like I think that I mean obviously I don't think that I have much of a, an opinion on this because it's really not my place but the first step is just to um stop the toxic masculinity culture and I guess identify what's considered toxic and stop trying to enforce that or push that onto other people Oh yeah, I kind of just basically agree with everything that's been said, and I think also, like, we shouldn't, like, I think guys shouldn't really adhere to what they think is considered cool or masculine, per se, and just, like, be themselves, I guess, instead of, like, trying to do certain things and that ultimately doesn't benefit their kind of, like, face, like, not, like, face, but, like, their personality and stuff. Thank you for letting me uh, speak on this podcast. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you for more guy insights because we obviously didn't want to talk too much about this without there being another guy. But thank you guys, everyone, for listening. We talked a lot today about, you know, just what it means to be a man. And I think that question is pretty d- a deep one. And I think that's something that our guy viewers can just like ponder upon throughout their lives. And we want to promote just, you know, diverging away from those traits, especially if you have seeing someone do it or if you have done it yourself just remember that being like open with one another and just promoting like open conversations with one another and like emotions and vulnerability and these are all just good things to talk about so thank you guys everyone for listening thank you guys for all for contributing and i hope you guys have a lovely day thank you for tuning into this episode of growing up with gen z please follow us on instagram at gugz podcast to stay updated we hope you have a nice day and remember You're not alone.